Hello, beautiful people. It is Feel Good Friday, June 17th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Let's, Let's ride. ride. All right. This week only, I think. <laughs> this week's the last week of the three-year running of us starting yeah. the show by saying let's ride because that's what we're about to do in the sports conversation. Last night was a massive evening. Obviously, an NBA banner was won. A trophy was given by a substitute commission, and we'll have all <laughs> conversations about it today. All the boys are here. At Tone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Don, Cowboys doing? Tone, how you doing, pal? I feel great today. How are you doing? I'm good. Have you talked to your hammer Don Cowboy compadre uh, Gumpy and what's going on with his life behind closed doors? I have talked to him. He's been a little, uh, he's playing it close to the vest with me. I don't know if it's like he's mad at me or something like that, or he just doesn't want, I don't know. I just, he's, he's a fucking vault right now. He's had a wild week. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. I was hoping you had more information than we do. I don't know much either. The toxic table is here at Ty Schmidt. You look amazing in your Yankees jersey. Hey, thank you very much. I mean, we still got a couple Stanley cup games here, but uh, it's baseball season. Okay. It is baseball season, (laughs) I guess. And is that why you're cosplaying as well? You look like you're LARPing for baseball at Boston Connor. The Celtics lose in dramatic fashion last night in the TD garden. Steph, does his big dick dance and gets an MVP. Your thoughts as the NBA season now is officially over. Well, I wish, you know, the Celtics lost in dramatic fashion because they just got run out of the goddamn gym in the second Oh, yeah, I meant the, the, the event. The, the score differential was rather dramatic. Yeah, it was terrible. It was massive. Right. Yeah. It was one of probably the worst losses on, you know, in Massachusetts for a home team. Possibly ever, especially in a game-winning situation, in a series-clinching situation. Uh, but we got goaded. You know, Steph Curry is unbelievable. That's their fourth title in eight years, so hats off to him. I really just don't understand how you show up and go on a 14-2 and run and then let the Warriors go on a 21-0 run into the second quarter. It was pretty pathetic. There was many times where I almost turned it off, and I usually never do that. It was cool to see, you know, Steph Curry in the moment with his dad and, you know, Draymond Green actually, like, dapping up the Celtics players because I thought, and I think you thought that this too, like, oh, they're about to cut the biggest promo ever in Boston about Boston and bury all of them. And they, they didn't really do that, which I liked. But, I mean, you know, Tatum's 24, Jalen Brown's 25, Marcus Smart's 28. Great learning experience for the boys. We'll be back of eventually. But yeah, very humbling loss yesterday. Not even close to being able to win it all yet. And you put the baseball jersey on just to kind of... Yeah, I put the baseball jersey on, put the baseball pants on too. It's baseball season. Let's go Let's go Red Sox. Huh? Yeah, hey, 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 here we Why go. not? Here you we buried go. the Bruins Didn't yesterday. The Sox, huh? Buried the Celtics today. Uh, now you got the Red Sox. Joining us now is a man who's Mind for basketball is literally world-renowned, beloved by everybody, a golf master now when he once wasn't, a man you can see on TNT all NBA season, wish we would have seen him in the finals, but now we get a chance to chat with him, Hall of Famer, MVP, legend, Sir Charles Barkley. What up, Pat? How you doing, brother? I'm so thankful you joined us, man. I know you're very busy. Today has to be a busy day for you, whether it's golfing or talking about basketball. We appreciate the hell, hell out yeah. of you. Hey, man. I ain't been doing shit for like two weeks now. I ain't busy at all. Uh, let's talk no, about... We, you know, we, we were done with the Western Conference Finals. So I have done absolutely nothing but play golf for the last... Since I've been off. But no, I ain't busy at all. I, I just tell people I'm busy because they 
they always have a bunch of charity crap they want you to do. So I just lie and tell people I'm busy. <laughs> Rather donate, obviously. Want the world to be a better place. But also the me time is well worth it. You had a hell of an NBA season, Chuck. Yeah, hey, Chuck. Hell Thank of you. a season by you this year. It ended with you cutting promos over there in San Francisco. Let's dive into this a little bit. Last night, do you think that team is obviously cemented in dynasty conversation forever and is Steph Curry worthy of all the convos now about him being Mount Rushmore and everything did you learn anything through this series about that team or Steph or did it kind of end up how you thought Chuck well I think a couple of things I think we can uh Isaiah Thomas can welcome Steph Curry to his table as the greatest little man to ever played uh in the NBA that's just my personal opinion I think that Isaiah's been the best little man forever and I think with Steph winning this championship, because you kind of have to handicap those two with Kevin Durant. So you put him with him winning his second, in my opinion, it puts him at the table with Isaiah Thomas as the greatest point guard to ever play the game. And also, I think you got to give Bob Myers, their GM, a lot of credit because, you know, a couple years ago when they made the Wiggins trade, it was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. It was a head scratcher. And uh, it turned out to be amazing. And also uh, Otto Porter Jr., but the Wiggins trade turned out to be a gold mine. I mean, they gave him up really for nothing. Uh, and and, they, and, and they, think about it. Remember, they got Wiseman yes. in that deal. So what's really scary, Pat, with Wiseman, Kumanga, and Poole, this team could go on a real serious run the next three to five years. Okay, so they were talking last night about how they crashed, basically. They hit rock bottom, and now, you know, there was injuries, and the team was kind of doubted, and a lot of the chatter was, this one's the sweetest because how hard we had to get back to this one. You're talking about the next few years, though, being maybe theirs. Is that something that is, like, a very common conversation? Is everybody expecting this Golden State Warriors just to continue to go, and who can stop them? What can stop them? It feels like Steph can literally, just like this, take over a fucking game. And Klay Thompson, what? He didn't even play that great. If he gets back into shape and form, he's going to be able to do his thing. How can you stop this team? And is it basically just them if they don't want to go for however many more rings they want to go for? Well, I think it's really going to depend on the young guys because, you know, Steph is obviously getting older. I don't know if Clay going to ever get back to being the best two-way player in the NBA. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, he's back as a player, but uh, three or four years ago, he was the best two-way player in the league. But it's going to come down – what's going to come down to is how many guys are they willing to pay. You saw in the locker room last night, Wiggins and Jordan Poole were talking about, we're going to get paid now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, they can't pay everybody. They already got three max guys. And what are they willing to pay luxury tax-wise? Pay Wiggins, pay Poole. And like I say, they still got Wiseman and Kumanga. I'm a big who, uh, Jonathan Kaminga fan. I think he's going to be spectacular. We haven't even seen Wiseman in two years. But they still got to pay Poole and Wiggins. So to me, it's going to really come down to dollars, how long they can keep this run going. Why is Steve Kerr 
transition so well into being a coach? Why does it feel like for Wiggins, for instance, this is the best Wiggins has ever been. You, now, do you credit that to the culture, the teammates, the way they go? Or is it Steve Kerr who has found an incredible way to bring out the best in everybody and keep everybody together, even though they have some adversity along the way? What is it about Steve you think that makes him such a good coach, Chuck? Well, I think being around uh, Coach, Coach Popovich was a huge thing for him, Pat. I mean, in my opinion, he you know he's on the Mount Rushmore of coaches, and he knows how to handle people. I mean, Steve probably saw him handle David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Bye. Parker, and Ginobili. So those guys are along the same lines of the guys he's coaching. Uh, but I think the key with Wiggins is, he kind of got screwed, Pat, being the number one pick in the draft. So when you're the number, you know, when you're the number one pick in the draft, you're supposed to be all world, all world. And now he can be like the fourth, fifth best player. And now you factor in like, oh, he was the number one pick. But now he don't have to be one, two, three, or four. He can just be a really good role player. And the rest is history. And he's in a great situation. Because uh, he doesn't have to play great every night. And I will tell you, he plays some of the best defense oh. I've ever seen. Hey, I mean, he, he had night. Tatum. He had Tatum so flustered. I mean, he was – I mean, I ain't never seen a guy have 100 turnovers in a playoff, in a playoff run. Yeah, it's a record. That is crazy. Yeah, it's a record. That's a record, Chuck. Uh, I mean, that <laughs> hey, is – Listen, <laughs> hey, and it's going to be a long time for that record broken, too. Nobody <laughs> can break that record. Uh, for those of us that might – what is an average for a series, you think? Like, 100 seems like a lot. Uh, that, that honestly seems like a lot. Well, you should not average more than two turnovers a game. Okay. And, and like on a bad night, you should have three. But to average that many, well, hey, anytime you set a bad rapid pad, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I agree completely. He's young, though, right? That's what everybody in Boston's saying. That team's young. They're going to be around each other for, they got each got like three years left. They've been together for a long time. What did they learn or could they have learned from last night? And do you have faith that the Celtics will be back with this core that they have? Well, uh, See, I heard you and your guys talking earlier. Yeah, he's big Boston guy, man. He's wearing yeah. baseball shit trying to move on. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you something, though. You can't say to yourself, first of all, listen, they got a, they got a nice little nucleus, but going into next season, you're not going to pick them over Milwaukee with a healthy Middleton. Oh, no. You're not going to hey, you're not gonna pick them over Brooklyn. Oh, no. no. I mean, so there's two teams right there. I says, I'll take those two teams before I take Boston right now. I mean, um, so, but, and listen, we don't have any idea what Philly is going to do. Yeah, they got a really good team, but I'm not picking them over Milwaukee if Chris Middleton is healthy. And if, if Kyrie, you know, he's going to play in every game next year. And they're probably going to tweak that roster somewhat also. I mean, because right now they ain't got but a couple players. But I tell guys this all the time. This year gonna have nothing to do with next year. Yep. Zero. Yep. I was in the uh, I was in the Super Bowl my rookie year riding the coattails of all the great players. To, we were undefeated until we chose to lose, okay, in our 15th game. Literally chose to lose. Take Peyton out. Take all the starters out. We'll lose. We end up getting to the Super Bowl. We lose to Drew Brees and his dumb baby, okay? That whole thing happens. Two yeah. years later, Chuck, we almost went completely defeated. 
Okay, and I was a rookie my rookie year. Uh, obviously, I was a rookie my rookie year. I was a, it was my rookie year when we went to the Super Bowl, and I was in that locker room like, yeah, I know, but we'll be, we fucking we won every game, and then we'll be back next year. We got Peyton Manning. Not never. Not yeah. never, Chuck. Now, football is obviously much different than basketball, but there's so much shit that has to go your way to make a run in any sport, right? Well, first of all, you're 100% correct, and I, we talk about this all the time. Every year no matter what sports you play, is totally different. The notion that we got to the finals, I only got to the finals one time. And I remember talking to Allen Iverson one time. He got there one time. He says, man, I thought I was going to win like two or three championships. I said, yo, man, you don't win a lot of championships. It's hard to win championships. He said, I only got there one time. I said, dude, I only got there one time. Because every you said something very interesting and smart. Everything has to break for you. I mean, you think about this. I don't think the Celtics beat Milwaukee if Chris Middleton is healthy. Yeah. I don't think they beat them. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but I think most people would agree. If Chris Middleton is there, Boston does not beat Milwaukee. But the notion that just because they got to the finals this year, because there's going to be a lot of changes. Oh. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of changes. I mean, because te teams have to understand, you know, you saw it with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. You know, it was really interesting. Everybody like, well, this is the first time in NFL history they bought the same team back, every player. And I was saying to myself, I'm not sure that's a good idea because you have to get better. You, If you don't win the champion, even if you win the championship, you have to get better because – those teams who butt you kicked last year, they're coming for you. But also, I think you have to bring in some fresh, hungry guys. You know, because once you win it, unless you have guys who, like, really, really hungry to win more and more and more, Tom, you're not going to win it. Tom, MJ, there's a couple yeah. dudes up there that have that uh, competitive stamina that are just like. But, 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 Pat, if you go back and look at all those guys, they kept bringing in different guys yes. every year. Because when the Bulls won the first time, they got rid of Horace Grant. Then they bought in Dennis Rodman, and he was hungry. So you have to keep bringing in guys who are really, really hungry. You can't keep the same team year after year. And I think it was interesting you said Chris Middleton with Milwaukee Celtics wouldn't have made it because you always think about having health on your team. Like, oh, I hope our team stays healthy. But it's also like, what if the team you're playing against is not at full strength at the time you're playing them? Like, that's a huge... You have to get so lucky to fucking win in sports. And I think that is why we should celebrate what happened last night. Were you impressed by the Golden State Warriors celebration? There was some big-time dabs. Mm -hmm. There was good celebration. There was bottle popping. There was fuck Draymond chance yep. in there. Did you enjoy the way Golden State celebrated last night, Chuck? Well, I think it was a little... It was interesting because watching... Say, I think the thing with Clay. And, Pat, uh, I don't know if you've ever had any major injuries. Like, and most major injuries only keep you out for a year. If you go two years without playing basketball, you're probably thinking to yourself, damn, I'm never going to play basketball again. Yeah. So I think Clay, one of the reasons he was emotional, like, he missed two years. He was the best two-way player in the NBA for, for, for five or six years. And then he had to go two years without playing no basketball. And you got to wonder, and clearly he's not the same player, but you at least still have to wonder, am I going to get back? Yeah. And I think, listen, I think the stress 
or what's going on behind the scenes in Steph Curry's personal life, I think that was one of the reasons he was so emotional. Because, huh. uh, you know, I've known uh, Dell and his wife a long time. And they're both amazing people, and I wish them nothing but the best. But I, from, from Steph's standpoint, I think it's got to be difficult when everybody's writing articles about your mom and dad and you're trying to play basketball. I think that's one of the reasons he, you know, he was crying and he was so emotional because the one thing that sucks about being in the limelight, people think you're not human. Yeah. They don't realize like, yo, man, I got crap going on in my damn life just like everybody else. I just don't get to show it. I don't get to cry on TV. I don't get to whine about it. But I got stuff going on all the time behind the scenes, and I'm trying to play basketball. Yeah. So to me, I don't know this firsthand, but I think the reason Steph was crying is I think it, it took a load off of his weight. mind. Yeah, yeah. A lot of weight carrying around. And I think you talked about it with Clay there. You just talked about it with Steph about being humans. Hey, when you lay your head down on that pillow, right? Like Clay probably had a lot of... I'm never because you feel isolated whenever you're rehabbing, especially with the COVID stuff. If you're not traveling, you're away from the team. People are writing you off on the internet, and you lay your head down at night. There's probably some self doubt that gets in there, creeps in there. Same thing with Steph with the amount of weight he had on his shoulder, especially with the Finals MVP shit. That's a very valid point that we never, yeah, really, you never ever and, talk and about. And let me tell you something: when you, I tell you, when you, when you're hurt on a team. And like I say, I never had a real, real serious injury. When you're when you're injured, you're not part of the team anymore. Yeah. In fact, you know that. Yeah. Like when you play with guys, yo man, good to see you. I gotta go to practice. I gotta go travel. Yeah. And like you're kind of so isolated, and to go about that for two years with serious injuries, I mean, an ACL. And an Achilles, that's oh. like it's most as serious it can get. That's a combo there of fucking yeah. career enders right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we're all happy for Clay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Welcome yeah. back, Clay. You like Draymond? Love Draymond? Good on TV. He's uh, Whenever he gets on with you, he's obviously a polarizing figure. He's won another title, and I think he was saying last night, what are they going to say now? What are they going to say now? What do you think is next for Draymond? I saw all of Michigan State was there supporting him last mm -hmm. night. Yeah. Made me think, is Draymond done? But then he said, let's do it again. What do you think about Draymond and everything he's been able to accomplish and how he's viewed by folks, Chuck? Well, I think sometimes he get caught up in the noise and gets, like, Draymond is a very good player, a very, very good role player who's integral to what they're doing to be successful. But I think sometimes he's like, I want more credit. I'm not getting enough credit. Instead of him saying, you know what? I'm really lucky to play with Clay and Steph. Oh, God. Those two guys, they got to do all the heavy lifting <laughs> most nights. Yeah. And I think sometimes instead of saying, Ben, I'm a very good player. I'm in a perfect situation. It'd be the same thing about Wiggins. You know, Wiggins was talking about he wanted to get paid. Man, if you're stupid enough to take a lot of money to go somewhere else and go back to being mediocre, you're crazy. Take less money. Stay with Clay and Steph. You're going to have Washington, Kamiga, and Dre for the next few years. You're going to probably win some more championships. But I do. I think sometimes Dre gets caught up in, like, I'm a y'all ain't giving me. Yeah. <coughs> Mine Excuse too. He said, "Y'all not giving me enough credit." I'm like Dre. Don't worry about that. Everybody know you're a good player, yeah. but you are in a perfect situation because if you were averaging ten, six, and six on another team, 
nobody would know you're alive. But it's a really good 10, 6, and 6 when you're playing with those guys. Yeah. So, and I think that's when he gets frustrated. Because, uh, and so, but he's got to learn, man. He is a really intricate part of what they do. And just be happy with that and be happy with team success. Yeah, I think you're saying, like, just, hey, just accept who you are, man. You're an intricate part of that. This is who you are. You'll be remembered a part of this dynasty for exactly who you are and what you do. Nobody will be able to talk about it without you. But you can't get mad that people aren't talking about you the same way they're talking about maybe a star who's the one or a two on yeah. another team, right? That's what you're basically and, saying? You know, I, I, you know like, uh, so you look at the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s when they had Emmett, Troy, and Michael Irvin, those guys, every guy who played with them who won those three Super Bowls are a really lucky dude. <laughs> <laughs> they are really lucky dude. They're important, important. They're very important, but like, oh, those three guys are doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> and and that does not mean we're not important. Yes. But I don't want the responsibility of what those guys have to do every single night. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different yeah. world up there. Yeah, that's like, hey, I was a punter, so I'm very much understanding. <laughs> hey, this is my role. All right, we're going to go as you fucking go. All right, I hope you guys do great out there. I'm just going to keep everybody kind of lightly entertained while we do this. Um, Chuck, the boys have a couple questions for you here, and we can't thank you enough for your time. But before we get into it, U.S. Open, hey, hey, it is, it's going right now. That course seems to be obviously a USGA course beating some guys up. We got like an NWO situation happening with the live golfers over there. You watching? What are your thoughts on it all, Chuck? Hey, cannot wait. I, I've actually, as soon as I'm done with you, I got to shoot a Subway commercial. Oh, thank you for doing this. Yeah, yeah. And then let me tell you something. I'm just going to get drunk and watch golf all day today, Woo! all day Saturday, all day Saturday. And let me oh, tell yeah. you something, Pat. I'm praying for chaos. <laughs> DJ. Hey, hey, I want the live guys on top of the leaderboard. I want complete chaos this weekend. <laughs> Dustin, hey, I'm Dustin. telling you, I'm going to get drunk. I thought I got to do two hours of voiceovers for Subway. And then I'm going to come home. I'm going to start out with beer early. Why? You know what? I just got pissed. Because I realized the hockey game is not till tomorrow night. No, that's good. That gives you something to continue to drink through. Yeah. No, no but I, I thought I'd made up my mind. I said, I'm just going to chill tonight and oh. watch the Stanley Cup finals. Oh, okay. And I was like, they're like, damn, the game is not till tomorrow night. So, okay. But I'm praying for chaos, Pat. <laughs> you said, I, I, listen, I want all the, I want all the live guys on top of the leaderboard. I want to see the PGA Tour shaking in their damn boots. Oh. And, 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 man, I mean, listen, I'm not a religious dude, but I want chaos <laughs> at the U.S. Open. All right, I think we all do. It would be awesome. Dustin Johnson might be the only one that can go right now with where he's sitting. Phil had a rough day yesterday. Oh. Who knows how all the other guys. But could you imagine Rory already taking shots, right? And, like, Justin Thomas and them are taking their shots. And Dustin Johnson's in there. And there's promos happening. Oh. And the oh. commentators, by the way, they, we know what side they're on. We know what yes. side the commentators yeah. are on. Phil missed, a, Phil missed, like, his third tap-in yesterday. And the, the clip ended with the commentator are saying Phil's made his bed. <laughs> that's like that's a uh, that's like it's a real. There's chaos on the way. I think Chuck. I honestly. Well, don't. listen. Uh, you're right. I, I I think I looked at the board 
Dustin's the only one in contention. I would love to see Dustin against Rory and Justin Thomas because, man, that would be so awesome for TV. Because, okay. uh, like I say, I don't judge other people. Listen, if somebody gave me $200 million, I'd kill a relative. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Hey, Chad, I'm not sure we can do anything else after that. I don't know what the next question would be. Uh, but we appreciate the hell out of you, Chuck. Hey, I'm serious. Hey, they said uh, Phil Mixon got $200 million and Dustin Johnson got $150 million. Hey, for $150 million, I'd kill a relative, even one I like. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think that's just signing bonuses, by the way. I yeah. think there is. Yeah. I think it's, uh, anyways, your golf game's getting there. You might yeah. be getting the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who's been knighted, a man who is, uh, entered, how many years on TV, Chuck? 21. Man, thank you. You know, why don't you drink tonight and your career should have a drink tonight yeah. and watch them golf and enjoy life. We'll see you at Tahoe. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Barkley. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, you guys have a great weekend. Hey, you too, Chuck. Man, he's awesome. Well, he is. Is. I'm going to go do two hours of Subway voiceover, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to get drunk all weekend watching yeah. golf. <laughs> Start with beer. I mean, yeah, I was wondering what he was going to go into, yeah. and then he couldn't help it. i got to get to the chaos. Mm-hmm. I need it. I need it to happen. He's there. got a tequila brand. Yeah. 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 And a wine. I think he's also associated with some wine yeah. as well. There has been another live guy who's creeping up. The man who people used to call Captain America, Patty Reed, has now entered the picture. Oh, Ooh. here we go. Hey, commentators, hilarious. Yeah. I, now, I have not listened to an entire round or an entire day, so I don't know. It'd be rude of me to just say, hey, this is what they're doing for everything. But the clip that I saw, perfectly ending with him saying, after film three, it's a three or four putt. Yeah. And the last one's like a two foot. Four putt. Yeah, it's like a two foot rim out, mm-hmm. shoot down. And it that was not a gimme either. That That's one. Yeah. And literally, well, Phil's made his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then they clip and they're going to another hole, obviously. It was just a cut up of all his terrible putting. And I'm like, oh, the commentator's cutting promos like this over all the live guys. That is, because who are they hired by? The network who probably has a deal oh, with yeah. PGA. Oh, right. Yeah. But the majors are different than PGA, right? Because PGA sold the majors to the majors just like uh, NC. The sure. sold the uh, BCS to the BCS. So that's how the U.S. Open can say, hey, we don't care. Come on. And the Masters could potentially say, hey, uh-huh. hey, uh, Phil, Dustin, we, you guys mm-hmm. can play in our thing. But it's technically a PGA commentator and a PGA For broadcast. Sure. Is yes. that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah. all the same guys that expect. Well, normally CBS has the PGA events. ESPN has it during the week and then CBS on the weekends. But these guys have all worked in and out of the PGA, been on the PGA forever. And yes, are they have ties to the PGA. It's literally a perfect heel. It's like, it's, this is, it's wrestling. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Speaking of wrestling, some massive news came out of the WWE this morning. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, I, I dressed the early headlines mm-hmm. yesterday about me having no idea about any of this coming or happening or ever taking place. This morning, uh, Stephanie McMahon is now interim CEO and interim chairwoman. And tonight on SmackDown, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon will be appearing. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, electric. this is going to be a wild... I have no idea what's happening when I fly into Minneapolis. Minnesota! This afternoon. This, I mean, this is going to be... I have Charles Barkley here to start the day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota with obviously a company that's been around for a very long time yeah. that I've been a fan of for my basic entire life. And it's in one of the biggest, most crucial times in the history. And I'm just going to be right there. Right in the center of it. And it is so... Uh, my life is a glitch in the simulation. <laughs> I understand that. And just like everybody else, 
I have no idea what's happening tonight, and I'm not. I've I've sent out a couple uh, a couple feelers, a couple hey, of texts, uh, like, hey, with the tweet from the WWE saying Mr. McMahon will appear on it, and I'm like, how's this going? And the response I got was, uh, nobody knew this was happening. Obviously, yeah. So can't wait, man. What a night. This will be the most classy and professional program we've ever put out. Mm-hmm. The next 57 minutes on the dot are about to be award-worthy. Hell yeah. Goddamn right. Professionalism to the 200th degree. Hell yeah. We'll show time you. High. And joining me on this epic adventure of saddling the professionalism horse and let's riding out into the world of sports chatter when we're in the middle of the off season there ain't shit to chat about Mm -hmm. is the toxic table at ty schmidt and at boston connor both cosplaying as baseball players today because we are officially into the meat of oh fuck we got to pay attention to baseball now season yeah that's right i love it i absolutely love it Connor, unfortunately, what's that all about? You buried the Bruins yesterday, you buried the Celtics this morning, and now you're burying the Boston Red Sox. You are the worst fan in the history of mass holes. Uh, everyone who knows me knows I fucking wake up for baseball in the morning, and that's the only thing I think about before I go to bed. The so best happy. power to wake up is baseball. Soldiers. I'm pumped. I can't wait to smell that grass, hear the crack of the bat, you know, see a couple pictures for the Sox. Who I Can you lift up your pants to show yeah, your pants? Sure. I mean, I just figured if we're going to if we're going <laughs> to do baseball, we're going to do baseball. And I'm pumped about it, you know. Where's uh, your stirrup? I actually slept with my glove last night. Kept nice. the softball in it. Make sure, you know, it's fresh, ready to go in case I got to take the field for the Sox this year. Maybe, you know, the uh, Indianapolis, uh, whose name I won't say because they still need to change it. They might need me out Whoa! there. But Easy. I, I'm just happy, Jeez. you know, baseball's back. I'm, I'm pumped. I mean, shit. I know the players on the team. They're all doing well. What's well, interesting, you're choosing to do that this morning as opposed to, you know, kind of slum in the loss that was last night yeah, that your right. team's never going to make it back to the finals. That's what Charles Barkley just yeah, said. Yeah, that, sorry about it, he that. said. Sorry about it. Yeah, I All mean, right. the thing is, they're plus 8,000 in the middle of the season. Like, it, they weren't supposed to go that far, and I said this this morning. Once you lose a Super Bowl, there's really nothing that kind of can equate yeah, to that. you don't say. Yeah, I'm uh, sure you, you can attest. <laughs> it's hard to care about anything after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to get over it, okay? It's not the most miserable locker room I've ever walked into in my entire life. Drew Brees and his baby having the time. They're living their bet life up there. Yeah. The confetti (laughs) falling in the headphones. And I walk into a room with people that I'd had a great run with that year, Mm -hmm. Uh having a lot of good times Uh with that year. And it's like, ah, golly. And I walk in there and it's like, oh, nobody in here thinks we're ever coming back to (laughs) Oh, shit. Was this the best my career's ever going to? This is the best. Yeah, Pat. Uh, oh. okay. This is special this year. We'll be back next year. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. You guys are so negative. We'll be back next year. Two years later, we lose 13 straight games. <laughs> we never <laughs> see the Super Bowl again. Yeah. AFC Championship, though. Lost by 50. Because the other team was using deflated balls. Yeah, that's right. Also in here, uh, one half the hammer, Don ah, Cowboys, Tone Diggs. Uh, Tone, great to see you. And joining us from an attic in Ohio, where he has had power and internet throughout the entire mm. power outage and internet outage of the great state of Ohio. That's because he's a former college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion, a COVID survivor, private plane survivor, mm-hmm. absolute 
legend and champion of being defensive, AJ Hawk. Oh, hey guys, happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you too, Whoa. man. It's great to see you. You always look fantastic. Uh, I hope all is going well over there, dude. Why have you been hydrating so much lately? Uh, I've been drinking that coffee. So, I so think you're killing all these Gatorades too? Have to. Yeah, I think it's like for you. it's yeah. one of those. Uh, I'm trying not to get headaches and stuff like <laughs> mm -hmm. that. I feel like the super coffee people always get headaches because they're dehydrated. So I'm have just, you? But have you gotten headaches from coffee? Uh, no. No, but there's a Celsius scare that one time. Yeah, Celsius oh, yeah. killed Celsius me. Definitely. Celsius well, almost took me out. Celsius can make you. It can shut your whole body down if you drink a lot of that on empty <laughs> stuff. Well, it, it almost did shut my brain off one time yeah. while I was. Uh, while I was standing on a commentator's table <laughs> yeah. at WWE doing something, oh my God, if I going down right now, imagine if I would have, like that would have been pretty wild. Oh, now shout out to my brain holding it together, but I try to stay as hydrated as possible these days, Sorry. AJ. Sorry, I'm trying to get healthy, all right, with your amino acids every under. It's good. I think it's a great thing, man. And I know your your golf game is rounding into form, right, with Tahoe coming up? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm Truly. making solid contact with the ball. And this knee, ah, 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 that's one leg right there. Oh. That's one leg right there. I wouldn't there. do that. Huh? You shouldn't do that. In boots? I'm back, dude. You're back? Okay, then why do you have to game ready every other day? Well, I'm just doing that to, you know, now it's, uh, it's prehab, pal. You don't have to use the game ready Are you to gonna stay bring ready. It? Now it's prehab, pal. Hey, are you going to bring your game ready to Tahoe and like, carry it with your sure. bag to the range? So is there a cold tub at the house uh, that we're staying uh, at? Because oh. five and a half miles walking every day. Oh, what? no, that's hey, that's, the, that's what why I love the place so much. The cold tub is the lake. The I'm lake saying. always, it's like okay. glacier runoff. It's okay. always like super refreshing and cold. So you can go stand out there in the morning just like waist high if you want to get your legs going. We get in there yeah. every, every morning. We get in that, that lake and... Uh, Swim around, work out in there, paddleboard to get you get you ready for the day. Do you guys do that? What that I Wim Hof. Wim, Wim Hof. Hof. Yeah. You, I'll teach you guys the Wim Hof method. I watch it on oh, yeah. Instagram story with Steve Weatherford. Yeah. You gotta go. <sighs> Steve went there. Didn't Steve go to Wim's like w over in Denmark, wherever he is? Yeah, he went with Posner, who's gonna be uh, buried in Detroit. I heard him say that, and he walked across America, and got stung by a rattlesnake. But yes, <laughs> they went over there and did the whole thing. They were in that guy's fucking tub and pool, and they learned the method. I think you just got. <laughs> And then you, and then you're in the cold water and your body's better. Simple as that. You take cold showers, AJ, or are you soft? I, I like to end in cold, yeah. I told you that. Yeah, me too. I, uh, well, listen, some people might have forgot. You know, so I apologize. You said, now you said you're like, uh, yeah. I remember, you said you're like Pharrell. You do cold water on your face because he said that. He said that, yeah, that's how he washed his face, and that's why his face has maintained the look it has of a 21-year-old all the way up until I think he's like damn near 50 uh -huh. at this Yeah, time. in his 50s. And I seen Tom Cruise this morning. All Same the, thing. He's on TRT. That guy, hey, we're talking full vascularity popping off of the fucking bicep at 59. I mean, I would assume Tom's on a lot of, like, designer. What? Whoa, designer whoa, clothes. whoa, whoa. AJ. I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. thing. I'm saying it's a good you thing for medication legal. for Just, it. Yeah, TRT's yeah. legal. But he said designer. Yeah, he's talking about. I mean, design, I mean like, top of the line, like, the, the good like good anti-aging thing. Where's that? You find them exotics. Where are you getting the. Uh... I mean, those exotics, I would imagine, are all, all over L.A. Don't you think that's kind of the land of all of that experimental stuff? Whether it's experimental or not. LAX with the dream in a cardigan. Where's the exotics I can pump into my blood? Would any of those people be in Tahoe? I would like to meet them. 
Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise come to Tahoe? No, I don't Tom. know if any of the exotics Do a flyby. the designer. Yeah. Oh. Listen, I see what all these people who are mega famous superstars. Some of them have you know plastic looking faces, but the new sure. age. It seems like it is a much more natural look, and they're all yoked up. Is that just because they eat good proteins and they work out a lot? Is that what it is, you think? Or do you think they actually yeah. have access to different stuff than everybody else? And is that what you're on? I don't know if they have access to different stuff. No, I mean, whatever they're doing, I would love to talk to them about it. Like Hugh Jackman, hey, I, Hugh, give oh, me a call. I'd love great. to talk about your routine. Let me, let me get on that thing, whatever it is. Yeah, like I know Dwayne Johnson just eats like seven meals a day. Yeah. And he works out three times a day in the Iron Paradise. That's right. And he's also six foot five and has a been working freak. out since high school. So it's easy to build muscles on top of muscles. So I think everybody points at him. I'm not going to – I don't think my body would ever – uh, be able to do what Dwayne Johnson's is, so I think that's a bad. That's, that's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, but these other little slappies over there in Hollywood that become <laughs> sure. fucking. I'm like, yeah. right, Ooh, name I, them. What slappies are you talking about? You know, I'm not putting names on them. I don't even know their fucking names to be honest. I don't watch enough movies, but they'll pop up on like my Instagram or Twitter, Chris and I'm Pratt like, went from bingo chubby to fucking physical Gold. features. Chris Pratt's got a lot of ground to gain in my <laughs> eyes after <laughs> that Jurassic World don't Dominion. Name, don't judge him by that. I don't know anything about the guy. You all told me I'd love him. Mm -hmm. Probably will. Probably will love him after seeing other stuff. That JWD was not a good introduction to old CP, pal. He's got he another set up for failure. But he is yoked up, though. Hey, yeah. Does anyone at Tahoe take it seriously enough that they bring, like, a personal trainer and a swing coach? And they're on the range, like, with fucking sticks on the ground and shit? Happens at Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, guys are definitely with <laughs> sticks on the ground, and they take it very serious. But they're also cool. I don't know. If, yeah, I'm sure people have, like, little – if they do have a swing coach or whatever, it's not very obvious. Okay. Luckily. What time does that day start over there normally? Uh, well, your first, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be the your like competitive rounds. What time? Uh, I think the good thing is the, the they don't really start early rounds. Sunday they may have some early rounds because they people want to get out of there, but I don't think the first tee time is till eight thirty or so. Oh, huh. okay, and that's oh. their time. So I've teed off at like seven oh five before. That's very in Eastern time. Or you're talking about in Tahoe? No, Tahoe time. Okay, so. Uh, how long's a round? We're walking five, five hours. Probably, yeah. What is it? Five, I guess. Did you? We usually don't have much backup on the course. Okay, five hours. Five, five and a half. But then, 30. yeah, sometimes. Why? What are you trying to do the math for? I'm just trying to predict that first full both hammy cramp lock up oh, yeah. afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I need the IV. We should get it. We should get a local IV place to come to the house and give us IVs like at night. Okay. I, hey, by the way, I will. That'll be a donation from our show to to the house. Yeah, and he says at night, but I think you should do it in the morning. Well, then you don't have time. That's yeah. early. That's I don't want to sit there for an hour in the morning with that. Because oh. I think I'm doing the Hoff oh, method. You yeah, replenish right. oh, yeah. What you always forget about, too, um, or tend to, is eating. So if you have an 8 to 1 o'clock round, you're going to get hungry. So make sure he's got a bunch of snacks. Yeah, and eat peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Yeah. Peanut butter and oh, jelly, yeah. some protein so bars. Trust me. Bring us as much, pack as much as you can into that bag because Connor, Connor can handle it. I do the same thing to my brother. I had a, a magnum bottle of champagne in there one year. Oh, just in case, <laughs> just in case. Well, you... I, it was because they gave it to me for winning the long drive, and on Sunday he opened it up like halfway through the round. He's like, "Are you kidding me? You have a full gigantic champagne <laughs> bottle in here?" I was like, "Oh my bad, I thought we had that out." Hey, of sorry about the, <laughs> hey, sorry about the bricks I put in the bag. Yeah, that's bad caddy enough. Yeah, I mean that's bad caddy. You got to oh, know what's you got to check the bag. The bag. Yeah, caddy's got to know what's in his bag. I mean, what is this guy doing? Is this thing in Nevada or California? Uh, state line. It's right on the line. So the course is actually I don't know. Honestly, the house that we'll stay in this year is in Nevada, I believe. 
sometimes in California, the course, I don't know. The course, I guess, is in California, um, yeah. which is Zito just told me. So I'm right just so am I allowed yes. to just walk around smoking dope? Oh, yeah, legal, both states. Yeah, in the court. Uh, well, in recreational states, are you allowed to just smoke dope out yep. in public? Like a golf course, I think you could. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're allowed to just walk down the street. I'll keep it. I don't need to be doing that. No, okay? plus we're gonna have. Thousands. I'll be focused in. I'm not looking at smoking dope. Oh, I, yeah. I'll be eating all the dope. Exactly. Yeah, there, there, there you go. There you go. Eating all the dope. I, what? So many. Eight thirty in the morning. I'm gonna have to start micro dosing my macro dosing myself <laughs> with edibles <laughs> and <laughs> like seven six thirty a.m. Yeah. I have to set an alarm for it. That's a bitter. That's my best golf, AJ. This is well, set an alarm. I'll come feed you. Like, set an alarm like at four a.m. We'll start your your macro dosing. I'll come feed you a little guy at four and Thank then five thirty. Seven thirty. Take your pill. It's how I get. Yeah. It's literally how I'm. It's my best golf. I've learned about me. I've been doing a lot of self scout on my you golf. You Chuck. Well, Charles Barkley's the man. He no, said no. Chuck Pagano. Yes. Oh yeah, he gummies golf. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That's right. In games, gummies golf in games. He said to Triple G's, uh, "Let's talk about Chuck Barkley." He came on. He'll be out of Tahoe. He said he can't wait to drink and watch golf this weekend. He said, "I'm not religious, but I want chaos." He said <laughs> it like a lot of times. There is. I think that's what we're all looking for. AJ, this is great for golf. I think even people that aren't diehard golf people, if they find out that there's an actual divide happening in one of the biggest tournaments in the U.S. Open, commentators are in on it. Barry and the live. Golfers, other golfers are in on it. I mean, this is there's a little bit of drama now and controversy, let alone the course beating the fuck out of everybody. AJ, well, yeah, it's something we've never seen before, right? At least I, I don't know how if I haven't paid enough attention to golf. But look, Greg Norman tried to start something back in the day. I heard that was shut down pretty early. Now he has this that he's like the, I guess what the the chairman, whatever they gave him as a title. But is it good for golf? Is is one going to win over the other? Is one going to buy out the other? Like that's what I want to know. I don't know. I think the live people are certainly pumped that it's being talked about, right? I mean, the PGA's yeah. not going to – they can't. Obviously, the tour's not going to sell, but – Maybe. You don't know that. Well, the tour – Man, can you imagine how pissed people would be? Well, I brought this up whenever Monaghan was like – my friends that died in uh, September 11th and their yeah. families, obviously, with all this thing. I'm like, oh, those are very serious words because if he was offered – if they're offered multiple billions of dollars and they take it, it's like – or a, yeah, it'd be hard for them to turn it down. Or if they came to him, the the commissioner of the PGA, hey, what are you making? You make like what two mil a year? We'll give you thirty five a year. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna have to think that one over. <laughs> oh, thirty five is not enough. How about fifty five? How about that? And then you got to just walk back everything you've ever said and do this whole thing. And I, by the way, we like to live in a world where we would hope that people will say, I am standing by the right decision. And as somebody who has actually turned down money because I thought it was the right move and then inevitably had to be draped in that company's uh, gear one year later for decisions that I did not make, I felt like an absolute asshole. When Phil Knight spoke at Joe Paterno's funeral, I said, all right, I'm not doing it anymore. I mean, I've heard enough about it. I don't want to be a Nike guy. You guys aren't giving me enough money or anything. And you're doing this whole thing. Uh, I no longer would like anything from you guys. Give me no more uh, store credit, give me no more anything. And they're like, all right, okay, is what they said. And then uh, Nike got the entire NFL a year later, and I had check marks all over everything. <laughs> so it was uh, quite a moment where I was like, I'm going to take a stand. And then the NFL was like, mm, you're taking a stand. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to take uh, this multi-billion dollar deal that we're getting. So it's all interesting because you never know what's going to happen in the future. Who's going to make what decision? Where's dirty money going to end up coming from for something else? And then it's why it's very difficult to kind of 
judge somebody who takes $200 million for something that they would have never been able to make in their entire lives. But also, I like the fact that we're at a point in time where enough people are taking ownership and saying, we don't have to be, continue to do things that we did in the past, and we can maybe make the world a better place. We will just keep an eye out, observe and report, and tell you how it's going. Yeah, and something that got lost in Phil's whole thing while that uh, entire $200 million contract, you know, came out was like, hey, I have a chance to, you know, stick it to the PGA and also kind of hopefully change how the PGA Tour does things. So, like, if future generations all of a sudden get, you know, guaranteed money from the PGA, are they going to look at Phil the same way or are they going to kind of look at him as someone who helped them? ESPN caddy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Michael Collins. That's right. Mm -hmm. Call me. He is a comedian as well. Yes. Former caddy on tour. He works for ESPN. He was on screen with Stephen A., ESPN caddy, and Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> That's right. right. They were talking about this whole thing. And uh, ESPN caddy, Dan O., we'll give you a clip, okay? Uh, ESPN caddy was chatting about how for a long time he has had conversations with middle-of-the-pack uh, middle PGA golfers. So they said, hey, we're very lucky to do this for a living. We make good living but this isn't going to last forever and there's been a problem with no money from pga tour for their athletes they're the only league that's professional where the tour nobody representing the tour gives guaranteed money to the players you have to go earn it everything is incentive based now there's obviously marketing and everything like that but the fact that the pga tour has been able to get away with this for so long i think there's a lot of golfers that have been like hey this is bullshit this is bullshit this is bullshit but that's not how you go about handling business in the golf world because everything's supposed to be behind closed door professional be classy for the good of the game sure. for the good of the game good so the for the, this is how it's been done for, for all the time, time. You gentleman's think, game gentleman's game you Correct. think you deserve more guaranteed dumb. money than nicholas tiger and them absolutely this, not. this is just how it is God the prestige of the tour yeah, or whatever right. and everything like that has happened for a very long time i guess behind closed doors so this could potentially change the pga tour now the pga story uh, tour is still relying upon morally this is bankrupt, what all these players are doing. But it's if more players end up going over for the massive guaranteed monies, coming back to the majors that the PGA Tours cannot run, and the commentators, I guess, can still bury them, they're going to at some point have to offer up some cash to people. And I think it could do a lot of good for a lot of golfers that we don't really know a lot about unless they have a hot run on Saturday and Sunday and peek into the leaderboard with the players that we normally know about. Well, it could do good, but the thing is, if they do end up giving these guys guaranteed money on the PGA Tour, which, yeah, it should happen, they can't give them anywhere near what they're getting for live, though. Like, no, not anywhere. No. What do you, okay, hey, guys, hey, every year that you have your PGA Tour card, we're going to give you $75,000. Like, that'd be great. That would be awesome for a lot of guys that would help a lot of dudes out. But is it going to do anything compared to live? So there's what, how many hundred and some guys? 75,000, what's that, 7.5 million? Mm -hmm. So you could up that to an amount of money. Hey, this is how much money we are going to guarantee in the contracts every single year. 7.5 is not enough. But I'm saying if they were to say like, hey, we're going to give $100 million yeah. worth of guaranteed contracts to our golfers. So at least it is something that happens like that. It's going to be a lot easier, I think, for people to swallow the morally we're better than everybody else thing. And we're the only golf tour, only professional thing that doesn't pay our players uh, aside from the NCAA. And now those guys are even going to be making some money. And it's just, it's fascinating. Even if it wasn't like a million dollars a year, and obviously it might add up to somewhere close, but what if they did like 250000 and they cover like travel? Uh, and they Expensive. also is that flying private though? It, the big guys fly private. They're not. They're not covering that. Well, yeah, yeah, but the big guys are flying private because they have a lot of sponsorship money already. So it's yeah. like a uh, you know a give and take. But at least some joining us now, is somebody who knows a lot more than we do. Mm -hmm. Host a 
a gravy in a sleeve. Oh, Hell yeah. On Sirius. I believe he is the s- gravy. The sleaze. They're both great either way. Is he both of them? He might He's be. not sleaze. Okay. He's not sleaze. He's gravy. He's the He's gravy. gravy. Okay. Gravy, gravy of the gravy and sleaze <laughs> on Sirius. Also one of the hosts of the Subpar Podcast. He's currently live in Massachusetts at the U.S. Open. Friend of the show, Colin What's happening, guys? How's How it doing? Hey, how's the tension? By the way, thank you for joining us. How are you us? How's the tension over there? Is it real? Because we're hearing the commentators talk about the live golfers is hilarious. And I know there's hours and hours and hours of coverage. And we're only hearing little snippets. But is there an actual feel of divide over there or no? i tell you what. I was out at the golf course yes, uh, Wednesday. And it was very, very interesting, to say the least. Um, the guys that obviously chose to go play live, you can see there's, it's, it's different than it was you know, two, three weeks ago. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we're at a major championship. Obviously, tension is running a little high. But just the interaction between the guys on the Live Tour versus the guys on the PGA Tour, it, it's different than it used to be. Colt, what has it done with the players and the media and their relationship? I've seen some players, obviously, are getting annoyed having to answer questions about it. How has that been? Yeah, it's got to be frustrating, I would imagine, for the players. I mean, here they are getting ready for the U.S. Open, a major championship, and they're having to answer questions about this Live Tour. Like, I would be annoyed with it, too, but... At the end of the day, this is the biggest news in the game of golf, so we got to talk about it. But, I, I mean, you know, athletes don't really enjoy talking to the media that much anyway, except for you guys because you are the best. Hey, here we but, go. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're frustrated, no doubt. I mean, we saw Brooks Kepka get a little testy the other day with it. Um, Phil obviously had his press conference, but, you know, he said a lot, but it didn't really mean a whole lot, it felt like to me. He didn't answer any questions, really. But um, it's, it's changed a lot. It's, it's unfortunate for the game of golf, in my opinion. Okay, so let's talk about the commentators chatting about the live golfers uh, and their struggles versus how they commentate about the PGA golfers and how they golf. Is this going to become a thing? And do you think there was a message sent around from the PGA to the TV networks? Like, hey, remember who you are partners with and don't be scared to go ahead and let some bullets fly while you're talking about these guys having struggles with UGA, uh, USGA golf courses, which always seem to happen. Yeah, you know, I watched, obviously, all of the U.S. Open yesterday. And, I mean, they talked about it quite a bit, saying this is one of 17 guys that teed it up over in London. Um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you have to realize, like, CBS and NBC, we are partners with the PGA Tour. So, you know, we're, we're obviously very, very biased towards them. But at the end of the day, I mean, if one of these guys from the Live Tour ends up winning the U.S. Open, I mean, we got to give him his credit. Hey, that's great for golf. Do you think it's great for golf if one of these Live guys is up there in contention? Do you think that type of drama is good for outsiders that aren't necessarily in the golf world to maybe be interested a little bit more? You know, that's that's a great question. In my opinion, you know, like it's kind of like everyone's hating on the competition over there right now. Like it's not a real tournament. You know, they don't have the strongest field in the world. So if one of them goes over and comes over here and wins this week, then yeah, obviously it, it gives more credibility to that tour, which for me, you know, I'm a PGA Tour guy, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, you're hoping that your team ends up winning this. Um, let's talk about the USGA and how it is every single year. Their courses beat the hell out of golfers. Is that just something that's understood from the days you begin golf, that the U.S. Open is going to be a little bit different than everything else? And do players usually hate this type of thing or love this type of thing? I think the best players in the world absolutely love this because it's harder than hell, and you know that going in. Um, it's going to test every bit of your game. And normally, you know, the guy, the best player wins this week. You can't fake it around a U.S. Open, or let alone a USGA event, and, and win. Um, you know, they've gotten a lot of criticism in the past for the way they set up their golf course. Ever since they brought Jason Gore on board, I think that has totally changed. Jason Gore being a former PGA Tour player and a winner, he knows what he's doing out there. And 
I think this this week, I mean, you look at it, I mean, it's it's a fair test. It's hard, but if you if you play well, you can go out there and score. We saw Brooks Kepka shoot three under today. But this is one of those golf courses I think it's going to be really, really hard for somebody to run away from somebody or run away from the field. I mean, it's going to be a bunched leaderboard coming into Sunday. Oh, packed house. Oh. Colt, does, uh, do any golfers out there on tour actually like the USGA and ever say anything good about them? Uh, I think, it, like I said, since they brought Jason Gore on, it's definitely <laughs> turned around. Jason Gore is one of the most well-respected guys out there. I mean, Great hire. He's the, he's the man. But before then, um, it, was, it was rough for a while. Did they pay him a bunch of money guaranteed to come over and join the, uh, the change the ranks there? I sure hope so. I mean, they had to move from California to New Jersey, so I hope they paid him a <laughs> hell of a lot of money. The USGA is known for, like, copyright strikes on the Internet too, right? Oh, yeah. The USGA is a different world. How, how does that work? What's the PGA? What's the USGA? And then all these majors, the PGA doesn't oversee them. They're just their own entities nope. as well? Yeah, all four of the majors are just all on their own. You got the USGA, the RNA the PGA of America, and then obviously Augusta National. Um, the PGA Tour has nothing to do with these. So, therefore, that's why, like, they can't say, like, we can they can ban the live guys from major championships. It's up to the individual majors. But the TV rights deals include the majors with the PGA negotiations? Yeah, so, like, CBS has the PGA Championship and the Masters, and then NBC has the Open Championship or the British Open, and this week at the U.S. Open. And does that bundle in with the overall deal that the PGA Tour does with them? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's different. CBS pays some, NBC pays some. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's how the TV thing, the TV whole network contract's a little bit above my pay grade. Okay, but it is PGA <laughs> people commentating over all of these majors this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, obviously, when this, our, our CBS team has it, we're, we're out there. But this week, NBC, it's Paul Eisinger, Dan Hicks in the booth. Um, they, they have the Open Championship, and they have this week. So, the, yeah, this is going to continue to be. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's go. This is, I think, personally good for golf, but I think the golf community is going to hate it. I think the golf community is going to hate the amount of well, chitter chatter. I would say this. I mean, listen, would you would you want an uh, NFL where half the stars play in the XFL and half play in the NFL? Like all your big name guys. Like that sucks. You want all the best guys to play against each other week in and week out. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so frustrating for guys that are on the PGA Tour. It's like you're kind of hand picking the guys you want and throwing nine figures at them. Yeah and getting them to come over here and play in this 48-man, basically, exhibition. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so in the NFL, though, I want everybody to make a billion dollars, though, so I'd be okay. Agree. Yeah, you know. Agree, like, and I want everybody to make a billion dollars in golf, too. But also, you know, growing up as a kid, I think you you grew up to play against the best competition week in and week out on the biggest stage. And when, you know, some of the guys are here and some of the guys aren't, it sucks. Yeah, I completely agree where you're coming from because of your world. But outside looking in and the way the NFL views it, it's like – Hey, competition's great, but does it pay for my grandkids' schooling and my grandkids' grandkids' school? You know, like it's that's a fascinating thing that PGA has not guaranteed money or paid money all these years. We do not know that. I think a lot of people are learning that as we kind of get into Oops. it. Is is this potentially a igniter? You think for a little bit of change in the way the PGA operates? I really, I really do. Yeah, that's one thing I mean, that's crazy about the game of golf is you know you you pay your airfare, you pay your hotel, you pay your caddy, you go out and play well. You're out five, six, seven thousand, depending on how fancy you want to travel. But I think I think we're that's going to change in the near future, where there is a guarantee money. Where, you know, I, I've always said if you make it to the PGA Tour, you've made it to the highest level in golf. You shouldn't lose money at any point. Yes. Like, it, I mean, that's just crazy. No matter how bad, like you're going to have off weeks, 
Aaron Rodgers goes out there and throws four interceptions, he still cashes that same game check. Every no, that never, that. never threw four in one. Yeah, he's not doing <laughs> that. Yeah, he had four all season actually. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying though, and that's how we view it. I think is other professional sports looking at the PGA like, oh, you guys have been running like the NCAA was running for a long time. We yeah. had no idea. That's all kind of coming into light. And then there's a moral high ground that's being taken. It's like, well, you haven't paid your players. So I under, whatever. I think the game of golf will get better from all this, and I hope everybody ends up coming all together. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, Ty, your yeah. question for Colt. Colt, with how difficult they've set this up, and I, I mean, who knows what the final score will be. Um, what do you think like a 15 to 20 handicap would shoot out there? I don't know if they could finish before the week's over. Um, it's it's that difficult. Honestly, a 15-20 handicapper that shoots 95-100, you're looking at 140-150. I mean, I think I think a scratch golfer would legit struggle to break 80 at any point in the any point in the week in four days. I mean, maybe even 85. Absolutely. Oh, AJ. Yeah. Scratch golfer is not breaking 80 out there in those conditions. No way. No chance. It's I mean, it's it's as hard as it ever gets. I mean, people say, oh, I played the country club one time and shot 75. Yeah, you never played it under the conditions these guys are playing it under. What makes it so difficult? Just impossible to stop the ball? You have to land it within like a six-inch space or you're fucked? Yeah, basically. I mean, the greens are concrete. The fairways are firm, so they're running out. The rough's crazy deep. The pins are tucked. Um, they're trying to identify the best of the best, and I think that's why, you know, I think these first couple of days you see some names you might not know come rise to the top a little bit, but then the weekend the stars are going to shine. Oh, you like Scooty all weekend, or who do you like going in, you think, Colt? First off, I love Scotty Scheffler, and this has worked out so well for him with all the stuff that's been going on, like the Masters, Tigers coming back. Now here we got Phil. Like He's the number one player in the world, a major champion, and no one even pays attention to him because of all the other stuff that's going on. So he just gets to fly under the radar, go out, play great golf, and here he is again. He's going to have another chance going into the weekend. You ever talk to him? He's a human, yeah? Oh, I've known him since he was six years old. He grew up the same golf course I did in Dallas. Love the kid. He is just a normal dude. Still drives the same old SUV that has 300,000 miles on it. Like, just, he's your everyday guy. Saw him on Wednesday. Talked to him, him and his coach, Randy Smith, for a little bit. Um, yeah, man, he's as normal as they come. Good luck out there, Scotty. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> yeah, Grave, you mentioned the uh, pin location, and also we've heard and can see in the background a little windy there today. Is it, uh, like, advantageous to go later on in the day versus early? Like, is it better to see how other golfers attack it for the guys in the afternoon? Uh, I, I think it's always better to go early. Um, normally you get less wind. The greens are much smoother, and they're actually going to be a little softer in the morning. Um, we saw yesterday that the scores were definitely better in the morning, except Adam Hadwin shot four under in the afternoon. This morning, the wind was blowing a little harder. So as of right now, I would say the early late draw got it a little bit better. We'll see how it takes place. But you get these guys out in the morning with calm conditions and perfect greens. They normally take advantage of it. Go ahead, Tom. Colt, um, Rory's about to go off. He was uh, three under yesterday, had a good round. It feels like in the last couple weeks that he's kind of – like you could tell, like he's motivated. Like, is it? Can you tell around the course and around the the players there that it feels like maybe Rory's kind of trying to chompy in the PGA Tour? It's uh, Rory's turned a corner. There is no doubt about it. I've had his group quite a bit the last month or so. Had him at the PGA, had him at Memorial, and you could tell it was all starting to come together. It just there was just little things off here and there, and then last week in Canada, he put on an absolute show. You know, he he drives it like a god. I mean, it's 350 down the middle every single time. I always laugh. I'm like, if I could play from those tee shots, I'd probably still be trying to play golf <laughs> instead of talking about it. <laughs> but it's just it's, – it's, it is special to watch. And I think he can honestly he, – he's the one guy, I think, that can go out today. And if he goes and shoots three, four under par, he can kind of take control of this thing. So it's Rory, Justin Thomas, Jordan, who – Scotty, 
Who's the team? If there was a, if we were to have Ryder Cup oh. five on five Ooh. right now, let's say, uh, for the PJ, who do you think is taking it most to heart? It felt like Rory after winning last year or last week, taking a shot at Greg and then the way they've chatted and the way they spoke about it. It feels like there is a group over there at PJ that feels like, hey, you guys are ruining golf, is almost how they feel. Is, is, is that an accurate depiction of the group that we just, uh, that I just stated right there? Yeah, and I would throw John Rahm in there as well. Um, Rory, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas. I mean, Rory and J- JT have been the two that have been the most outspoken. I, I love that shot Rory took at, JT, or at, at Greg there on the 18th green with Amanda Renner. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. Cole, are there are there clicks out there already? And I would imagine they're going to grow. Like, are they are the live people kind of sticking together? And like, what is like? Can you feel the animosity? And are guys actually pissed when their buddies are taking the money and going over there? You know, in my honest opinion, I don't think it's animosity or anything. Like, when I was out there, I went up and I talked to Phil and I talked to Kevin Na, who I've had great relationships with through my years, and it was different. It was a quick, hey, see you later. And uh, I don't know if it's like they're kind of They ashamed. feel that way. They feel yeah. probably defensive, yeah. yeah. And, like, I mean, I, I know I've hated on the Live Tour a little bit and saying it's ruined golf, but I've never hated on an individual player for their decision because at the end of the day, until someone gets – $100 million thrown in front of them, you're not going to know how you're going to react until it, you actually have the chance. You have no idea. You can say you would say no, but um, until it all is reality, who knows what you would do. And so, like, for me, like, I don't want to treat these guys any different. I don't like their decision, but they're still my friends, and, you know, I still want to have a relationship with them. But you can tell it's it's different. I wish they would all come in, in the same costume, same uniform. <laughs> you know, I wish they would just wear all black, have the LIV and like the NWO lettering, have the black hats on, just so when we're watching this weekend, we know exactly why the commentators are saying what they're saying and who they represent. Like, I, I think it's only a matter of time. Are they still have their sponsors? All those guys still have their sponsors, or are they just basically clean poloed? Most of them are clean poloed. You see Phil, he's got his logo. Um, Kevin Noss still has Callaway, and I'm not sure what else on his shirt. I know Dustin Johnson used to have RBC. Obviously, that was a big deal. Yeah, that that's gone now. Yeah. Um, so those guys, but most of our like the club manufacturers have been sticking with the guys. I'm fast. I'm fast. I think we're all intrigued to see how it plays out. And who knows if it'll end up being great for golf, if it'll be bad for golf. We'll kind of keep an eye on it. But you're getting more guaranteed money now to cover golf than you ever got as a golfer. And that potentially will change (laughs) through it all. We appreciate you so much, Colt. Give me that Tom Brady, Pat McAfee money. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I'm trying to get that golfer money. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, man. Let's go to Edward in Arkansas. Ooh. Hey, Matthew boys, how we doing? Oh, yeah. Boom, big, baby. Hey, What's going on, Edward? Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. How we doing? How you doing, Pat and the boys? Hey, doing great. Let's love, Edward. Let's love. What are you talking about, man? Hell, yeah. Hey, I wanted to talk about Tyree Gill going down to Miami. You know, we talked about how he wanted to be recognized as the number one guy. We all kind of recognized it until last year, where all the major headlines broke. Breaking news: Jackson Mahomes is a fucking douche. Okay, all right. So Edward <laughs> says that maybe Jackson Ed. Mahomes was. The- Ed, what's he? Do? He's living in a. Uh, he's living in a content house right I now. I believe right? so. Yeah, in LA. Really? Jackson, Jackson Mahomes very young. Okay, Patrick Mahomes very young. Patrick Mahomes' wife and family, very young. Mm-hmm. Limelight, lot handed to him. 
Did they handle it exactly how we would hope that they would handle it? Probably not. There were some moments where I, I believe the conversation uh, it wasn't about Patrick and his ability and how great of a quarterback he is and evolutionizing and game changer. It was more so like, why the fuck does this continue to happen alongside a guy that is beloved by everybody in the NFL? We have to remember, though, at all times, very young, mm-hmm. handed the world able to do whatever they wanted. Will they maybe change in the future? I think next season, yes, AJ. I believe that'll be a much different conversation this year. We'll see. I mean, it might have been some awkward family interactions or conversations, I guess. But the thing is, though, Jackson Mahomes is super young. He's a giant on TikTok, right? So all of his TikTok fans, they don't care about what NFL fans think, do they? Well, the thing about it is Kansas City Chiefs now have a TikTok battle happening between Jackson Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster because yeah. Juju's first day in the Kansas City Chiefs uniform, he put out one of his best work, AJ. I don't know if you've seen this or not. This is, oh, hello. What? What? You. 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 Welcome to Kansas City. Let's go, Juju. So we need to see Jackson's head poking on the other side, too. Like, uh, you know what I mean? We need need Juju's head to go, what's up? You know? And then on the other side, we need Jackson to pop in. And then, you know, the whole gun. So let's not rule out Jackson Mahomes TikToking with Kansas City Chiefs players just because we haven't gotten a chance to experience the Juju Jackson experience. These guys are going to collab before the end of yeah. the season. Yeah. I mean, we can we can act like they're not, but come week two, week three, Ju- Juju's seen what Jackson's been putting out on there, and he's going to be like, hey, all right, we got to collab. Well, iron sharpens iron, you know? Mm-hmm. Jackson and Brittany were able to just kind of do whatever they wanted with – you know, no competition around. Yeah. Now that Juju's kind of come into the barbecue city of Kansas City, yeah. I mean, he's going to have, they're going to have to one-up each other or they're going to have to come together. And I guess we will TBD. What will that mean for the Kansas City Chiefs making the Super Bowl run? Ooh. I mean, uh, I guess we will find out. Joining us now is a man who hopefully has more inside information than we have. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the calls that we have had with this man over the last few weeks have been us telling him about what's going on in the NFL as opposed to the other way around. This guy just got out of an NFL Network retreat where they're hanging out with the Beverly Hills 90210 folks. Mm-hmm. They're playing Connect Four and having the time of their life. Did you learn any information about the league that we love covering? Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being friends, he being Rap Sheet, senior NFL insider for the NFL and NFL Network, Ian Rappaport. Yeah! Hi. What's up? I, I love that you will find any fucking thing to get out of work. Like this whole NFL network experience retreat thing, you got you. I heard you were the first one to sign up for it. You were the first one to get out there, the last one to leave, because this, just like the Pez Dispenser Museum uh-huh. and the Harry Potter wizardry uh, retreat walkthrough, right. and the whole yep. thing, yep. the golf thing, this is just another one of those where you can just delay work. It, or were you working out there? Was this a big well, time work event? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it was a work event. I mean, it was a work event, but like there was not a lot of work. There was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of learning about ourselves, a lot of finding out what's next over the next year. I did do a couple uh, TV hits from there. Um, I think of Fitzpatrick got a new contract, so I did it from there. Oh, hey, so thank, I you. thank you for your service. Yeah. Work, uh, that work time, but you know, it's weird. Like, I it was like when I got to actually see you in person in Indy, like. I hardly see the people I work with. So, like, I got to hang out with all these people that I just talked to on the phone. It was great. Ian, what's the biggest thing right now going into this long span of no real football happening? What's the biggest thing you're looking at? Yeah, uh, obviously, today is basically the first day of 
no football, right? Oh. Um, so the things Fuck. that I know it sucks. But we got there's a golf tournament. True. He played the NBA Finals last night. You talking about live? Talking Stanley about. Cup is happening too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm all over that. But now that the Rangers are out, I'm not. Anyway, You're too soft um, to like hockey. Yeah. And I saw you on the island. Weren't you in the Islanders games? In the I was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's up? The Rangers. Oh, the Rangers. Oh, wow. Hey, Jude, oh, you like oh. hockey? Oh. You know, I have multiple allegiances in hockey. In baseball, it's so Hockey, I have multiple allegiances. Um, the biggest thing is, is Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, I would say going into the next three weeks probably um, – there is a chance that we find out what Deshaun Watson's penalty is going to be. And, you know, it's been a long road. It's been a lot of lawsuits and, of course, four more added uh, to the initial tally. And could there be more? We don't know. Um, but I think the NFL is at the point or is getting to the point very quickly of uh, everybody kind of needs to know and wants to know. Um, and to have some sort of certainty, to have some sort of resolution, even though both sides can actually appeal the decision – you know, I think that's something a lot of people want. So, you know, I think there's a real chance in this month before before training camp kicks off that we find out about, you know, how long is Deshaun Watson suspended. Um, so that's probably the not the only thing hanging over us, but the biggest. Thing. Okay, so here's a tweet from 2.05 p.m. on this Feel Good Friday. Let's love June 17th, 2022 from Mark Mask with an E at the end. He's an NFL reporter for the Washington Post, which, by the way, uh, Bezos owns up. That's right. We learned through the entire uh, commander situation. He's his headline. I didn't get to read the entire article. It just came out. I'm not a good reader, anyways. The NFL plans to argue to new disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson for a significant suspension of Deshaun Watson for vital, violating the personal conduct policy. Multiple sources say. So now there's a couple follow-ups here. The NFL plans to argue to new disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson for a significant suspension. But isn't it that Sue gives a recommendation to the NFL, then the NFL can do whatever they want. So this doesn't really make much sense, or am I misreading the entire situation? A small, a little bit of a misread, uh, with all due respect. Um, so basically... By so me he, or him? By you. Um, now, ah. by him, you know, it's. I, I think most people are expecting, like we talked about last time, most people are expecting a suspension... You know, I don't know what sizable yes. means. Mm-hmm. I assume he means fine. more than six. I would say that probably makes sense at this point, more than six. We don't know what it's going to be. More than six probably makes sense. Um, the So this third-party arbitrator, based on this new method of doing things, she comes out with the penalty. And it is, it is going to be, I assume, announced. Sean Watson is suspended X number of games. And then the NFL can say, well, actually, we wanted this, so we're going to appeal. Then the NFLPA could say, actually, we wanted, I don't know, none. And they can appeal. And in the end, Roger Goodell takes all the information and he comes out uh, with the ruling. But the first ruling, not really a recommendation, but the first official ruling comes from this third-party arbitrator. So that's just not a ruling, then it's just a public announcement of what she recommends? It's an opinion. I mean, I would, it, it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing as when... A player gets suspended, then the NFLPA can appeal, and then the eventual penalty is no, whatever no. it ends up being. No, because when a player is suspended, he's actually suspended. When Sue says whatever her punishment is, that isn't the actual punishment. No, but the player gets the player does get appeal rights. It's just this time they both get appeal rights. Will we know what Sue's original, like if she says six games, will that go right to Rods? Because we never hear Sue's part. I 
this is all new territory. That's a good question. I believe we will, because what it's going to be is an official ruling of this is the suspension. And then we'll contact both sides and say, okay, well, are you good with this? Are you going to appeal? But I believe we are going to find out the initial penalty on Deshaun Watson. When do you think that'll happen? So, so it's June 17th now. Training camps will kind of ramp up by July 25th, 26th, 27th. Um, I imagine in this next month. I mean, that has been everyone's goal throughout. I mean, it's, it's coming close. Um, you know, there have been times in the NFL calendar when as you get go from June to July into July 4th, that has sometimes in the past been a time to announce penalties. I believe Jameis Winston, when he got penalized, was in that window there's been some others, so perhaps that's a time and wall fine. So maybe a couple of weeks. All right. You might have already done this, and I apologize. Will you explain this to me like I am an actual five-year-old? So Sue is doing her own investigation. This is the first time this has happened. A third no, party's. No, no, no. The NFL did the investigation, hands it over to her. Sue investigates the investigation, and she gives her recommendation of a punishment? She gives her punishment. But it's like, not an actual punishment until Roger Goodell in the NFL says, yes, that is the actual punishment. We're not going to hear right. Sue's punishment, I bet. I, I really think we are. Um, I think it confuse people, though? Like, a recommended six games, then Raj comes out and says, no, it's actually 12? No, because this happens, this does happen where news will come out and you'll see the language that reporters will use. You'll say, you know, this person is facing a six-game penalty. And then when he's actually suspended it's okay well this has now been appealed down to four games or there's been a settlement um you know or, or a so lot of whatever times sue says is the ba- that is actual punishment immediately upon her making her it's not a recommendation then she's giving actual punishment that- she's giving actual punishment and then they get to appeal and say well on these grounds based on this precedent we think it should be something else again but we've we have not had this before, so I guess it's possible. It's secret till the end. It just, it, it's, it Who seems rules like the appeal? Every, Who does the appeal? Uh, I believe the, I'm not 100% sure um, who will actually hear the appeal. I know in the end, it's Roger Goodell coming out with what he believes. So she what, has know. a recommendation. The NFLPA has a recommendation. And then it sounds like the NFL also has a recommendation. And then Rob. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good read on it. Um, so and then in the NFL. end, it comes down to what Roger Goodell says. <clears throat> so can we so go back a little to that different. tweet? Can, can, do we have the ability to pull that tweet up or I'll, I will read it from Mark Mask? Just so I know, because when you said I misread it, I obviously took that as a shot at me, but I could very as easily do that with all these stuff. The NFL plans to argue to new disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson for a significant suspension of Deshaun Watson for violating the personal conduct policy, multiple sources say. But if they're all just laying out their recommendations, does that mean the NFL, whoever's representing the NFL, is looking for a big suspension so they don't want Sue to come in a little bit light so that Roger Goodell feels like he can go lighter? Is that what they're trying to say there? I, I don't I don't think that's what they're trying to say. What it seems like to me, like if, if you... If you look at the way this kind of lays out, like the, let's say like the police, right? Like they will argue for charges for someone who did something wrong. And then in the end, the jury will say, all right, well, we take all this, we take all this data, all this investigation, we come out and, and here's the ruling. And then in the end, the person gets to appeal the ruling 
to a different judge. That's basically what happens here. Yeah, but the NFL is petitioning the so the judge would be petitioning the, the cops. This is a jointly just so we're clear, this is a jointly appointed third party arbitrator. So both sides get together. So it's not like this. Oh, so the NFLPA is telling Sue we would like less. The NFL yes. is telling yes. Sue we yes, would like yes, more. Yes. But or, never- or maybe or maybe the NFLPA is saying we would like none. They are both arguing different things to her and then she takes this all together and So makes she sense. should judge, basically, yes. from these two situations. And yes. then she takes it to Roger Goodell, who inevitably oversees all of the findings. I believe that is correct. Supreme yes. Court. Okay, so. Yeah. When did she come on board? Recent, right? Yeah, and this is, I believe this is the first time that she has ruled. Jeez. Unless, I'm, unless I missed it. Really stepped in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Why, I we need mean, you here. You know why this is? Because Roger was the judge, jury, executioner, and that was always Somebody talked still about. Is. It, it, he definitely is, but this is another layer of, hey, we're right. listening. Gathering yeah. information. Yeah, I guess he's gathering all the information he can, then he makes the decision. Just a more, an easier way, maybe, I guess. I don't know. He, kind of he still like makes it, the decision. It, it seems of, like it's a more neutral way, and I know that the NFOPA did not like when it was just his way, and that's like he was the judge, jury, and executioner. Still is. This is. A more fair way because it's jointly appointed. Hopefully, he still is. Here, Maybe. let's let's run through this one more time so we uh, have it understood. Uh, the NFL plans to argue to new disciplinary offer Sue Ella Robinson for a significant suspension of Sean Watson. Okay, so in the trial between Sue L. Robinson and the with as judge in the NFL and the NFLPA representing both sides of that, that is what the NFL is pitching for. The NFLPA is pitching for something obviously different. That's why there's even a trial happening, and she would have to pitch it. Now, these findings will get sent right up to. Um, from our story, a source on Desha- uh, Deshaun Watson's side of the case said the NFL probably will seek a suspension of a full season. Okay. The N- who's representing the NFL in this? Uh, I believe the – I don't know if it's like representing the NFL, but Lisa Friel and her team has been doing the investigation. So I would imagine they would take their findings and that's what would be presented. Okay. So Lisa Friel is representing and whoever's representing from the NFLPA. Let's get back to it here. NFLPA lawyers. Uh, The NFL hopes to have the entire disciplinary process, including any potential appeal to Commissioner Roger Goodell or his designee, resolved by the start of training camp. The initial disciplinary ruling is to be made by Robinson under the current version of the conduct policy. But that's not actually a ruling. That is just a recommendation. Hold on. Let me me clear up something because he actually makes a good point. Goodell could theoretically... He could designate himself. He could designate someone else to make the eventual ruling. So it's Roger Goodell or his designee. That was a good point. It's Maskey, by the way. So Um, he is the shield for all the owners. Roger Goodell could potentially elect a shield shield. for the shield. Yeah. Because there is a trial for a trial happening right now. Yes. Fascinating. All roads lead back to the same. It just seems like we're taking some different paths to get there. Let's go into the next one here. Um, From our story, the NFLPA intends to cite in its defense of Deshaun Watson the lack of suspensions by the league under the personal conduct policy of Daniel Snyder, Robert Kraft, and Jerry Jones. Sources, as first reported by Pro Football Talk. So Roger Goodell almost delegated, okay, some of the stuff to somebody that Sue, who is deemed in both the NFLPA and the NFL have deemed like very, very good. This is the person that should be handling this, kind of take the hands off. But inevitably, that ruling is just a recommendation to Roger Goodell either say, or a designee who says, yep, that's what we're going to go with, or mm, I don't know about that, right? And Roger's never going to go under the recommendation. He won't do that PR-wise, right? No way. I don't, 
I don't think that's happened. I I don't know, but I don't think there's precedent for that. Well, this is Anything precedent. Possible. There's no precedent for this type of thing in the history of punishment in the NFL, right? Right. There's precedent for his designee making a ruling, but not with this current structure. Whew. That's why it's so interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm like, there's a lot. I mean, we've talked about Deshaun for two years. There's so much. But this process is extremely interesting because it has not happened before. And very serious allegations. So she's giving a recommendation, not a ruling. Right. Yeah. Is what we need to. It is a ruling. I- it is I, a ruling, essentially, but it's going to be treated as a recommendation because Goodell still has the ultimate power, if need be, if both if one of the sides appeals. Oh, uh, so this is square. Rectangle. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> it's a square. The ruling yeah. is a recommendation. Uh-huh. The ruling is it's an the same way that a jury a jury verdict is a recommendation because it can be appealed, essentially. Oh. Well, some trials are only don't have a jury and just use a judge. It's almost like that. Hey, defense, prosecution, then the judge right. makes the decision. Well, that's what it used to right. be, right? And Roger Goodell was one one wearing the cape and the wig and everything like right. that. Now that's what the, it still is. I'm saying they, they, they present your case. Cape. Tell me what you think, and I'll tell you. Well, not a cape, whatever the dress thing yeah, they all yeah, fucking yeah. wear. Robes. Sue is the jury, though, is what you're saying. Sue is the yes. jury. Yes, yes, yes. Who yes. is going to the judge? Who is Roger Goodell? Yes. Happy we got here. Yeah, all right. this All right. good journalist. So Goodell won't go under, but would the, the designee go under the recommendation? Because then that's not really Roger. Yeah. Oh, man. Why would Raj des- designate somebody for this case for that reason? So that if it's wrong and there's more that comes out, it's not Goodell, right? Somebody yeah. else can. If you're the head guy, though, you can't point to, hey, I'm the boss, but hey, I'm going to blame my guy under me. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is. Like, I, he can't. I mean, I'm, he has the power. I'm with AJ. No, I'm Terrible with AJ, leadership. though. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, that would be the argument to keep for Roger Goodell to make the ruling himself. I'm not saying Roger Goodell would ever do this, okay? Roger Goodell seems to be the guy who eats the bullets for everybody and everything. I mean, that has been his thing in the past, and I assume he has even admitted to making mistakes. There's no way he does a designee for something like this, as big as this is, but you acting like that's terrible leadership. Do you, are you in the world that we're in right now, dude? Are you even? Hey. Are you here on a day-to-day? The people making decisions in a lot of places are doofuses, dude. Like, that is a very, very... There's a ton of doofuses. A lot of doofuses. That's what separates the elite performers, I feel like. They're still out there. Yeah, you need the rain to appreciate the sun. I, I very much understand what you're saying, but I don't. I think Adele will be doing this, but I do like the fact that they add in an extra... Well, 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 well also, yeah. there is yeah, a chance we could potentially give this to somebody else. And maybe Roger Goodell had that added in there. They had that in there for the next commissioner to get a little bit of experience. Much like the commissioner last night, the substitute commissioner that gave the trophy to the Golden State Warriors. I, I, how did he? I was on a plane. How did he do, by the way? Pretty did good. Nail yeah. it? Good energy. Well. Very short sentences. Get in, get out. Seemed mm-hmm. excited. I thought he did well. All right. Good job. Congrats, Sub. Nice job. Yeah. Commission. Substitute commission. He didn't just, by the way, he didn't just roll in that little thing with the projector in a movie. No, no, no. He had to deliver a championship. Yeah, a that's championship. Right. That's no. Oh, man. When they brought in that little uh, oh, yeah. that stand with the TV on it. Oh, what it's a great day that was. Hey, go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Rapsheet, we heard reports about Lamar Jackson, like potentially maybe getting a deal done with the Ravens. Is that imminent? Uh, because he also kind of just said, I'm also just here to play football, and he wasn't guaranteeing that he was going to do anything or that he wasn't pocket wide watching what Deshaun got. Uh, is that possible that that will happen sometime soon here? You know, his comments are so vague that it's really difficult to read into it. Like he's, so here's what he said. He said, like, you know, were you staying away for your contract? He said, no, he was staying away. Cause I guess he's still working on some throwing stuff. He just wanted to be away and kind of take a mental break. He said he had a conversation with Eric DaCosta, who is negotiating for the Ravens. 
I'm not sure how substantive that conversation is. And then he said when they asked him would he show up for training camp on time, he was kind of like, we'll see. But if you don't, the fines are really, really, really significant. Also, the Ravens actually do want to pay him. So I didn't know what to make of that because it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. So it's like we got no clarity at all, despite the fact that he showed up and sounds like it looked pretty good. Well, and he also didn't uh, – yeah, he's been working his ass off. Lamar mm-hmm. knows. Lamar knows that Lamar is going to be Lamar. Lamar has been explosive and electrifying in the NFL since he got here against a lot of experts' opinions. He has been yeah. fantastic. But he also said that you know nothing that Deshaun Watson got affects him. And it's like, uh, as somebody who also does business – I don't know if that was necessarily a true statement from Lamar. Lamar knows exactly how much everybody has, right? Yeah. he I'm, And I would say that is definitely not a true statement because the quarterback market is set by all of these deals, which is yes. why, like, Cons. when we talk about Kyler Murray's, you know, looming contract extension, there's going to be some interesting numbers in there, but the fully guaranteed number is going to be, like, all eyes are going to be on that now because Deshaun Watson got all of his money guaranteed. And how close do other quarterbacks get? So, like, for Lamar, yeah. I mean, he's going to be watching, and all of those other quarterbacks set the market. And, you know, there's some very, very, very hefty numbers out there from Rodgers and Mahomes. And, like, I'm sure he's going to want to be up in that stratosphere, as he should be. Stafford, I mean, Mm -hmm. let alone whatever Kyler's going to get. Burrow also in there. I mean, there is a lot of cash, a lot of guaranteed money, especially in the division with Deshaun Watson. I just, I like the fact that he knows that he's scheduled to make about $110 million for the franchise tags, the two franchise tags. A little bit more, yeah. Yeah, like $115 maybe. I forget exactly what it is over the next three years. But those deals three years from now, if he was to play this out and play at a high level, those things might be $400 million guaranteed at that point. I mean, we got Herbert, we got Burrow, uh, Kyler's going to get a deal probably. I mean, the, and the cap is only going up, right? Got through the pandemic, cap money is only going up. So, like, in three years, what is the highest paid quarterback at? Like, could literally be 60. Oh, good for them. Damn. Deserve it. Get it all. Apple just paid $250 million for the MLS. Hey, Go right. ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rap Sheet. Speaking of the Browns and the Watson situation, I think it was last week early on, uh, you said, or maybe it wasn't you, but it would be like a two-week period where we would know where Jimmy G and Baker were going to be. Uh, do you know if there's anything about uh, Jimmy G? And then also, is Baker just going to be the quarterback for the Browns this year? Uh, okay, we'll start with the Baker situation. I would say it's still in some limbo. You know, there was... There's been some discussions, um, obviously, between the Browns and the Panthers. I think that has been has been talked about this week. It's a really difficult deal to do because there's a lot of money that needs to be split. And, you know, there's the, the draft pick compensation, I imagine, is not the hard part because we've seen these sort of quarterback deals before. In fact, the Panthers did one two years ago, whenever they did the Teddy Bridgewater yeah, deal ago. last year. Two years ago, whenever that was. Um, so the draft pick should be that hard. The money... How they split the money is very difficult. And, like, I know there's been some discussions. I don't get the sense anything is, like, completely imminent right now. You know, there's – is he going to show up for training camp? Like, that's sort of, to me, the real deadline. Hey, how come you didn't tell us that they were entrenched in trade talks? Um, Because that's sort of been the situation for the last month or so. Like – Basically, where it was during the draft, which was, I thought a deal was going to get done during the draft. They couldn't agree on how much money to split. They've kind of gone back and forth on that over the last several weeks, but it's not like either side got to a point where, like, all right, we're about to do a deal. So, you know, kind of kept that 
maybe to myself a little bit. You made us as they were kind of working on it. You made us look dumb. Yeah, stupid. No. Yeah, we look like somebody that would go to a Pez dispenser museum. That's what we look like. Is that real? (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah, of course it's real. Asia was good. There's a museum. Yes, it's a great place. They got you get in there and you get a little uh, checklist and you can they have Pez hidden (laughs) all over the place. You check off the little Pez that you find. It's great. So they My actually, kids had a good time the too. way you get in there, the tickets, they just put a scan barcode on the bottom of your chin and you got to walk up to mm-hmm. every, and they, yep. they just scan the bottom true. of your chin yeah. everywhere you need to go. Cool. Um, all right. Have an incredible weekend. Who's winning the U S open rep? Rory. Oh, you're a team PGA tour guy, huh? Why would you say that? I just like the golfer. No, you hate to live, guys, just like all wow. the commentators wow. do. Wow. Look That's at you, Ralph. Wow. High horse, I've huh? always like. Look, here, here's what I appreciate. Pettiness. Oh, yeah. When Rory goes out and he says, yep, one more than Norman, I'm like, that's mine. And I've always liked Rory, but definitely elevated into uh, – my favorites have always been Mickelson and Sergio. Rory is kind of in that category. Wow. Oh, big live guy. Oh, it's been a, a weird oh, spot careful. now. 66.6% live guy. Yeah, be careful, Rap. Wow. Some dangerous that waters, number buddy. seems interesting. Oh, well. Spot. Hey, we appreciate you. Have an incredible weekend. We'll talk to you next week, pal. All right, look forward to it. Take care, guys. Have hey, a great man, hey, let's hit the phones, oh. maybe. Let's have information next week. Yeah. What do you say? I hope not. Let's hope nothing happens over three weeks. How about Odell Beckham Jr.? Anything going on with him over the weekend that we need to know about? He's coming to the courts? Um, Ten Packers, no, maybe? The, the, Terry McLaurin? The, the, uh, Terry McLaurin, I think they're going to keep talking there. The Odell stuff was hilarious. Him crashing the wedding. He So they Rams invited the captains. To, or McVeigh invited the captain to his wedding. And then Odell calls yeah. up and is like, hey, I'm going to stop by. So and like, long ago. All right, cool. And then, you know, he stopped by. So no deal yet, but I think as we get closer to camp. Ian. Dude, yes. that's two weeks old. Okay? Come on. Come on. Two little song and dance. shitting me? Nah, all right, we'll talk. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NFL insider, friend of the show, Ian Rapport. Thank yeah, you, Ian. Rapsy. We don't need your recycled bullshit, Ian. Yeah. yeah, you also asked him why he didn't tell us about the Baker and Sam Darnold trade, and he just didn't answer why. That's because he's a liar. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fraud. Might as well put uh, can't spell liar without I and right there in the middle. That's, that's right. right. That's right. It's a recommendation, though. Just so we're all clear. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Same that what's going on with the third third party. Yeah, I guess it maybe I guess it protects something from where Raj just makes some crazy rash deal and says, hey, 10 games when the third party would have said zero, like something like that, I guess. I think it's good. This is good for Goodell because he has somebody else that could potentially get blamed for whatever ruling he makes, yeah. too. Not and it can't be too far off. Like if the PA says, hey, OK, we think six games. OK. This third party says we think ten. Rod's like, oh, cool, eight. Here we go. Well, Sue would be the one that would say eight, and then she would present the case, rule her ruling to Goodell, and say, hey, NFLPA wanted six, the NFL wanted at least ten. I ruled on eight, and Goodell would go, all right, sounds fair to me. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll go with. Or, but he could say, okay, I'm going with zero. No, or, he can't actually. Really? That, that is a caveat. He cannot. He can modify it. He can increase it, or he can reduce it. But he can't wipe it out completely. So it has well, to wouldn't be that something. be reducing so it? Thing. You could reduce it like a game or two per se, but you Actually, can't just no. completely. So what if it's a one-game suspension? He reduces it one That's game. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, in the NFL, it sounds like wants to do the full Football. season. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like everything's bullshit. That's yeah. the rumors. Like who knows? I saw unprecedented suspension coming. What does that mean? We've had people suspended for two years, haven't we? Yeah, guy uh, gambling. Calvin Ridley. Calvin got a year. Ridley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got a full year. I yeah, mean, I mean, Martavis so, Bryant. Didn't Martavis Bryant get a full year for, yeah, for uh, his last um yeah, Did he? his last mm-hmm. thing for weed? Smoking dope, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. 
Well, and also, like, wouldn't if he couldn't just wipe it out a bunch because no matter what her recommendation is, like, if someone wasn't happy, like, that would get leaked immediately after. Like, oh, whoever said, you know, it should be eight games and Raj came out and gave him two. Like, we, we would hear about that immediately. Yeah, but Raj could also, in a real babyface move here, recommended eight, give 12. Yeah, he's not going to get any heat for giving extra games. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Yeah. And if he puts a designee... <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah, you got to remember wrong. how pissed off the players were. I, I happened to be in the league and seeing some of the emails and conversations about how mad everybody was that Roger Goodell was able to just look at a situation and go, yep, six games, mm-hmm. four games, yeah. two games, three games. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I feel like it. Just had good uh, ice cream. I'm in a good mood. Make it, make it seven games. <laughs> bam, bam. Everybody's like, how does this guy just have all the control? So then they try to add caveat, but they were never going to relinquish Roger Goodell's final ruling, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, they need they they need that power at the end. They need to be the 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 last person in line making the decision. But let's assume that they hired Sue Robinson for a reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the end of, we're all going to hear what her recommendation is. We you said no. I I tend to be on your side, but they'll <laughs> hear it. He'll hear it, but then he's going to do what he wants. Yeah, but is the public ever going to hear what she said? I don't think no so. No way. I don't think so either. Ian said he It thinks- confuses everybody, though. Hey, oh, this third-party arbitrator, we just sat there for 30 minutes with Ian, and we still can't figure out how the process works. You think you're going to read headlines and figure it out? I don't think I misread the tweet, by the way. No, you didn't. So, I don't even remember when what you said. Well, that's the only reason why we dove into it so much, because he was like, yeah, you misread it. I'm like... Oh, I know. I saw, I saw your face. Tweet. Oh, is that right? Trust <laughs> me, I knew the rest of the time you didn't hear a word he said. <laughs> I, I, no, I did. I did. Actually, I heard oh, every yeah. word he you said. You did. It just in the back, you're like, I'm going to get back to this. Well, See, yeah, I, that's... I think you will hear her ruling. Like, I think that is the ruling. And then the appeal comes after the ruling has been issued. But a lot of times for suspensions, we don't hear the suspension until they've already appealed it. Yeah, but the appeal would come from Roger Goodell's ruling. Yeah, and you only hear about the appeal when it comes from the player. The NFLPA will probably appeal Sue's ruling. The NFL will probably appeal Sue's ruling. But I think that ruling that she's giving on that particular thing is just a recommendation to Roger Goodell, I think. Because if he can change it, then it's just a recommendation. It's not a ruling. If he can change it, it's not a ruling. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we think... You should. I strongly urge this. Yeah, which, and if that's made public, that helps Roger Goodell out a lot for saying this is what we yeah. hired this for. This is what we yeah. did this entire so maybe that Yeah, maybe that's a reason. Yeah, I could take some, he could say, hey, our third party suggested, said, ruled 10 games, and here we go. So games. that, uh, Sue, that disciplinary, disciplinary officer is also paid by the PA and the league. Yeah, because there's a, yeah, agreed a jointly, yeah. 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 That still. I don't think that has anything to do with Goodell in the end. Do you think it's good they're doing it? But I think I think it's a great added. It's great, layer. but Rod still has ultimate power. Yeah. I think it's good for the the NFL owners in the league being like, yeah, okay, and maybe in the next one, Sue will get defining power. She will be able to make any ruling that she absolutely wants to. But what the first time this has ever happened, which is what this is, there are all eyes on the recommendation coming from Sue. And we will just, you know, have to keep our ears to the ground. We will observe and report. Don't love that it's happening, but it certainly is. It's the biggest contract in the history of the league that we cover every single day. As we wrap up this show here on this Feel Good Friday, June 17th, 2022, in the name of I don't think we need the music just yet. We need to do a giveaway here. Let's do hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday. Go ahead and take a self or a screenshot right now. (laughs) I don't have any props. 
That's good. Loser. You haven't earned any of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Fugazi stuff obviously whittles away. Uh, screenshot that. Put your cash tag in a tweet. And say something nice to somebody as we go into, uh, obviously, Father's Day weekend. And on Sunday, June 19th, go ahead and do a little research on Juneteenth as well that I think we all kind of learned about in the last couple of years. Let's have an incredible weekend. Let's be super positive. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's feel good. The world has a lot of shit happening around it, okay? We don't need any more shit. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to each other. Cut the negative fucking people out of your life. You don't need them. Keep it moving. You're allowed to look in the mirror and say, hey, how do I make my life? life better because this life is the only one you have just be nice go ahead and give it away and hopefully it'll come back in bunches we appreciate you so much for spending time with us thank you so much to all the guests that stopped by this week we had sir charles barkley on earlier in the show aj thanks for all your time four days this week because you had a cult event to the boys i appreciate you everybody in the back thank you Diggs. i hope you're traveling safely gumpy what a week pal here we go gumps what a week congratulations buddy and uh we'll be back next week with an even worse show i think aj oh yeah i can't wait good luck tonight man it'll be fun yeah i can't wait what word are you gonna use Oh, listen, the thing about this turnbuckle, and I might be anthropomorphizing, but it seems like it dislikes insert name of superstar here Uh more than superstar here. Bingo. Sami Zayn. Michael Cole's just going to be like, Oh, you're in Roxford, Reigns, man. (laughs) (laughs) He is obviously the much more intelligent and the better broadcaster than I will ever be, but tonight should be obviously interesting and fascinating and hopefully entertaining for everybody that wants to have a mental vacation. We'll provide more of those next week. Be a friend, tell a friend. Enter the hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday. Yep, all right, it's over. We missed it. (laughs) I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I gotta go. Uh, I appreciate the hell out of all of you so much. AJ, I'll see you. Uh, Let's chat this week because I need your help, or this week, and I need your help with uh, that thing about the thing. Gotcha. I'm here. All right, I appreciate you. See you guys. You're the best. Yep. See Hammer you. Dad. is in like 15 minutes at youtube.com forward slash hammer down. Gump is going to be giving out winners. That guy's on a fucking roll right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> See you all so much. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. <laughs>